Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Finishing Well Podcast. We're the podcast for Finishing Well Ministries, and I'm Randy Hess. I'm here with my good friend, Hal Hobbaker. We, in Finishing Well, talk about what finishing well means to our lives, could mean to our lives, and especially those who are 65 and older, uh, in terms of helping you finish well. if you're younger than that, we welcome you just as much. It's a beautiful morning here, Hal, and uh, a little bit warm, but we, we hey, we what do you expect when you're in Dallas, right? So anyway, I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Good morning, Randy, and I'm glad to be here with you addressing another issue in this category of fulfilling God's plan or his purposes in our elder or aging years. You know, uh, we we should focus ahead on what's coming. We should think ahead. We have the ability in our lives to anticipate the future. I think we're the only part of God's creation that can really do that. So God wants us to think ahead and plan ahead and use our lives for him. I mean, that's why he bought us. I still like that phrase in Philippians 3, where Paul prays that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me, and I want to press on. I want to make that a reality in our life. So today, I want to take up a topic uh, that I haven't really thought about much until a couple months ago. A good friend of mine sent me a book by Joshua Becker entitled Things That Matter. Now, I had heard Joshua Becker, but I hadn't read anything by him. He's the minimalist in our culture. He's actually, I think he's age 52, and he's a former pastor. And he he doesn't write as a Christian per se, uh, but he is a Christian, and he focuses on on these things that really uh, help us see life in a better way. So what I want to talk about today is out of this book. It's not a review of his book, but the book is entitled What Matters Most, and I would encourage every one of our listeners out there to get it if you haven't seen it. What he says in this book, in the first chapter, he says this, close your eyes and answer this question. If you were to die today, what is the one project you would be most disappointed that you weren't able to complete. So, you know, I honestly, I I don't think I've ever asked myself that question. I have a lot of answers that run around in my mind, but it has me thinking about what is God's purpose for me? What is God's purpose for others? And it lines up with what fulfilling God's plan for our aging years. You know, we talk about it being a plan that's always led by the Spirit, It's not something you necessarily conjure up, but the Spirit leads us in our own personal value and the impact He wants us to have. It's like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink, do all things to the glory of God. So in my work and all that I'm about in my living, I am purposely choosing to glorify God through all my actions. So then Becker says this, I'm talking about living in a way that makes a difference. I'm talking about knowing our lives matter and make an impact on the world in a positive way, that our existences mean something. 
So he's really wrestling with this. Why did God put me here? And how do I figure it out? And what am I going to do about it? So does that question, how does that resonate with you, Randy, as you think about this for a little bit in general? Well, that's part of the attraction, if you will, of the idea of your starting this ministry, wasn't it? How is what do we what do we do with our, you know, with our senior most years? Um, you got to start there. You got to start there, don't you? I mean, yes, you have to understand what the Lord is. Let me back up just a step. You know, to me, it was a big aha as I recognized something I was missing in what you were saying uh, around 2014, 15. That is that, you know, God has a plan for me. And uh, in living out that plan and, and, and uh, using that plan in my life is a way for me to, to find more joy than I could ever find. And, you know, that plan is not your plan. It's not, it's not my spouse's plan or my kid's plan. It's, it's my plan. And to the extent that I can pray and find out what that plan is, that's important for me to do. So that I was struck with that idea. And from that comes the idea that, you know, that plan comes kind of with purpose. You know, I, I am not. Uh, probably ordained in any way, shape, or form just to spend my time thinking about how I can plan my next uh, leisure activity. Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing is wrong with that. Nobody should feel guilty about doing those things. Those those bring joy to our lives. They bring joy to our family and uh, our friends sometimes when we go with them. I'm just saying... It's not uh, purposeful to constantly think about me. Yeah, I can do that. But where's the end lead to that? And so as I get away from that a little bit and say, what purpose do I have? What purpose is there out there? It involves, guess what? It involves other people, not me. Others. Other situations, perhaps. Sometimes other people. So, uh, yes, I'm very intrigued with the whole idea of what is it, how that we were blessed with in our aging years. Why, why have I been blessed to be around at my age? Why have I been blessed to be able to, uh, to use whatever I have, whatever capabilities I have, whatever things I've learned over uh, 77 years, whatever I've acquired whatever I've uh, stored up, so to speak, in my head or somewhere. Why am I blessed to still be able to use that? Why? Well, the reason is I think God wants me to think about other people besides me and my leisure time or my fun time or my enjoyment time and make it about uh, thinking about, if you will, uh, how I can provide a lift to somebody else, a help to somebody else, a uh, maybe a uh, encouragement to somebody else uh, in some form or fashion 
and experience the most joy I possibly could in my aging years. That's what I got out of it, Hal. And, you know, we, we get distracted from that quite easily because we're human, <clears throat> don't we? We get distracted all the time by other stuff. It's just part of what happens in our lives. And we forget about, wait a minute, why, why am I still around? Why am I still here? What am I supposed to be doing? Uh, you know, let's, let's press this. Uh, Becker in his book, he, he, I love this. He lists eight reasons we get distracted from throwing ourselves into whatever God's purpose is for us in our life. And, and as I talk to uh, retired people and minister and we share life together, most people are just really uh, grateful for the opportunity to readdress, why am I here? And the fact uh, is that God wants to use me in doing what only I can do, understanding my purpose. So let me go through these eight, and we'll uh, maybe just comment uh, in a minute or two about each of those. Uh, he says the first distraction is, is a distraction of fear. So many people never start chasing their dreams or quit too soon because they're scared of something. You know, what is it that God wants you to do? And is there a fear in doing it? You know, he Becker talks in, his, in this book about starting this whole minimalist idea and ministry through what God had done in his life. And so when you leave your employment, he left his church and everything and started a whole new ministry. You know, but that's true for all of us. I mean, when we started finishing well ministries, what was I afraid of? You know, uh, so are there fears that you need to deal with and and not addressing the need for your purpose, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, the distraction of past mistakes. He says, for many people never getting past ways they have messed up or wrongs, others have done to them, prevents them from making progress on things that matter to them. You know, I've run into that a lot. A lot of people are hesitant to, to leap out and take a step of faith and have an impact in others' lives because they say, well, I'm no good example. I've had a lot of failures in my own life. So past mistakes keep them from, they're, they're distractions for working at your purpose. Any, any thoughts on that, Randy? And we'll just go through these like this. No, I think that's a big one, Hal. Uh, you, because you have perhaps made some bad decisions in your life, stumbled here and there, you go, well, hey, what kind of example, what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, story can I bring to the table that anybody would, uh, would want to listen to? But you know what? Those are irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, they really are. They're irrelevant. They're irrelevant to God. I mean, if you've given your heart to him, given your life to him, you're done with that. You're a saint right now. And you just, uh, you know, we all need encouragement in that regard, Hal. That's what I'm, I think we're trying to say to people is we know that. We do know that. People need to be encouraged to, to actually know they are able as they stand today to help others. They don't need anything else, really. They don't need to be given 
special uh, training or anything else. Use what they've got. Use it with their family, if that's what it is. Use it with their spouse. Use it with their, with their friends. But use it. That's all we're saying. Don't let it go. But you know what? We do self-limit ourselves all the time. We put self, I don't know, some kind of self-filtering uh, uh, and, and self-walls around us, I suppose, self-built walls around us that say, you know, I can't, can't do that. Can't do that. Don't, don't want to try. And going back to fear, Hal, you know, I've, I, it's amazing. How many people out there, to me, this is just my view of what we've seen in different groups and stuff. A lot of people just, they know, they already know what we're talking about. They actually do believe it in their heart already. But they have held back. You know why they've held back? Because they almost acted like they needed permission to let it go, to get out there and do it. Almost like they need somebody's permission to do that. And I'm going... Golly, you know, these people are my age. They don't need anybody's permission, but but sometimes we do. Sometimes we want to know that, you know, that 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 somebody else says, you know what, you've got what it takes. <laughs> Just go do it. And that's what we've been doing, isn't it, Hal? Over and over again, we say that. Of course, you know, just a quick comment. The scriptures are filled with people who... <laughs> had made tragic mistakes in their life, but God renews them. And then the apostle Paul says in second Corinthians 12, you should boast in your weaknesses. Yep. You know, that the power may be of Christ and not of us. So uh, his other distractions are really fascinating to me. Uh, the third one he lists is the distraction of happiness. When we try to satisfy our pursuit of happiness in the pursuit of self, we always fall short of the truest and most lasting forms of happiness. I think the scriptures would argue when you're doing what God wired you to do, that's the source of the deepest and greatest happiness you will ever experience in life. There you go. So don't satisfy with anything less. He talks about the distraction of money. The desire for money causes many to sacrifice their true possessions and objectives just to acquire more of it. Uh, you know, what does Apostle Paul say in 1 Timothy 6? Money is a root of all evil in the sense that it keeps us sidetracked, uh, distracted with things less than what's greater than the value of money. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Along with money, he calls the fifth one the distraction of possessions. <laughs> I love this. All the stuff we owed is constantly calling out for our attention. I've heard of this. You know, uh, the, the best day of a boat owner's life is when he buys a boat. The next best day is when he sells his boat. <laughs> you know, you realize that, you know, things change. And your possessions, do they control you or can you use them for God's purposes in your life or are they a distraction? I can vouch for that, for sure. Uh, the sixth one he suggests is that the distraction of applause. This is a fascinating one for me. Finding our self-worth in the approval of others negatively impacts the decisions we make 
and the lives we choose to live. Yeah. You know, am I doing this for me or uh, is this really what God wants me to do? Yeah. Yeah. The seventh one he lists is the distraction of leisure. I, I, you know, you and I have talked about this one, I think, on our some of our podcasts. Many of us are more focused on getting to our weekends, vacations, and retirement than on doing things we are passionate about. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to his question. If I, if I were to die today, what, what is it that I would feel sad about and never having gotten to it? or made progress and finished it, you know, because I've been distracted by too many things. Mm-hmm. This last one is a very practical one. The distraction of technology. Here's a problem that characterizes practically all of us in this tech saturated age. All those posts, notifications, reminders, headlines, and ringtones. <laughs> You know, I confess, uh, you know, I'm in my computer and I don't know how people get get on my list or get to send stuff to me. But, you know, your computer and all the information that comes on it is a is a constant challenge uh, as a distraction. Uh, you know, what do you, and how do you deal with things? How do you deal with technology? Uh, how do you turn your phone off and get away from it? How do you turn your computer off and get away from it? And be about the work that God has for you. You know, and all technology could be a distraction in this way. So we're always dealing with stuff out there, but we never get around to doing what it is that God calls us to be. Everything in that list is pretty accurate as a distraction that holds somebody back, holds me back, holds you back, holds somebody back. I think if I were to put a verse on this, uh, Hebrews 12, uh, let us lay aside all the things that beset us, the sins that beset us and easily entangle us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus who Refuse to be distracted from the purpose for which God sent him into this world. And he is our example. You know, John 17, 4, he says, I have finished the work which you gave me to do. He lived an undistracted life. And I fear that in my own life, uh, you know, there's, there's too many distractions many times. And you never get to the main thing in your life. So uh, Joshua Becker's book has really been helpful to me in thinking about these kinds of things. And our prayer would be that that's what Finishing Well Ministries would be. It would be kind of a catalyst for staying focused and thinking more precisely about what God wants to do in our lives as we age, the value of the aging years, and really bless and encourage others through what he has and done and is doing in our own lives as long as we live. Uh, I'm wrestling right now, Julie and I, in our lives. Uh, not with maybe the same, you know, finding purpose thing, but, oh, but, but with one of the key six essentials in our book is being available. When you can't be available if you're distracted by other stuff and you've, 
you've booked yourself full, so to speak, or you've you're chasing every down every rabbit trail uh, for things that you think will be fun to do or that you need to do. You can't be available if you're doing that. So we're in the we're in a season right now, Hal, of uh, trying to keep our eye on the ball with being available, and it's hard to do. I got to tell you because everything still pops up. Stuff doesn't go away. It keeps popping back up. So you try to manage it the best you can. I don't have any big answers for anybody out there, Hal, about how to do that. I'm just saying, you know, recognizing that in your life as a senior, recognizing you're needed, recognizing you're valuable, recognizing you can be part of a solution to something or somebody can make your life more meaningful and it can give you more joy and and give you more uh, encouragement personally, but it's not easy. It's challenging. In in summary, I want to say, I I think that's the value of the aging years and having conversations like this about what God wants to do and is doing in our lives and dealing with all the stuff that happens. Because I believe God has placed us here for a purpose. I don't care who's listening, what our age is or whatever. God has us here for a purpose, to glorify him through our lives, to help others grow, to use the wisdom that we have and share it with others. And, and we do that every day of our lives, as long as God gives us breath. That's exactly right. And uh, no matter what those distractions are, recognizing our distractions and beginning to think through how to handle them is a useful purpose for you. I close with Psalm 90, verse 12. It's a key verse in my thinking about our aging years, written by Moses, the oldest writer in the the psalm. Uh, So teach us to number our days that we would present to you, O God, and I would say to our community, a heart of wisdom. That's what the priests did when they retired, didn't they? And then verse 17, confirm the work of our hands. Yes, Lord, confirm the work of our hands. So may God help us live productive lives for his honor, his glory, and may his spirit use us to be a difference maker and refuse to get distracted. So I hope this encourages you to think. Randy, you got a summary for us today? Amen, Hal. That's all I got to say. That was great. Thanks. Let's press on and be all that God calls us to be and enjoy it. Uh, Thanks for being with us. You can hear more of these podcasts at finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast. You can share them with others. If there's one that stands out to you, uh, share it, spread the word. And if there's something you'd love us to address, uh, write us at finishingwellministries.org. Go to our website and give us some feedback. And uh, may the Lord bless you and encourage each of us to press on for Jesus.